Section 6 of The National Geographic Magazine, Volume 7, January 1896. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in January 2016. The Scope and Value of Arctic Explorations by General A. W. Greeley address delivered before the sixth international geographical congress london at the polar session july twenty ninth eighteen ninety five in a brief twenty minutes one can touch only in a desultory way on this great topic that engages the thought and attention of so many famous members of the geographical congress yet a somewhat general outline of the scope and value of arctic exploration may not be amiss this however is neither time nor place to present in detail those phases of arctic exploration that appeal so strongly to the popular fancy if one would gain an adequate idea of the true aspects of such voyaging he must turn to the original journals penned in the great white north by brave men whose purpose held to sail beyond the sunset in these volumes will be found tales of ships beset not only months but years of ice packs and ice fields of extent thickness and mass so enormous that description conveys no just idea of boat journeys where constant watchfulness alone prevented instant death by drifting bergs or commingling ice floes of land marches when exhausted humanity staggered along leaving traces of blood on snow or rock of sledge journeys over chaotic masses of ice, when humble heroes, straining at the drag ropes, struggled on because the failure of one compromised the safety of all, of solitude and monotony, terrible in the weeks of constant polar sunlight, but almost unsettling the reason in the months of continuous Arctic darkness, of silence awful at all times but made yet more startling by astounding phenomena that appeal noiselessly to the eye of darkness so continuous and intense that the unsettled mind is driven to wonder whether the ordinary course of nature will bring back the sun or whether the world has been cast out of its orbit and the planetary universe into new conditions of cold so intense that any exposure is followed by instant freezing of monotonous surroundings that threaten with time to unsettle the reason, of deprivations wasting the body and so impairing the mind, of failure in all things, not only of food, fuel, clothing and shelter, for Arctic service foreshadows such contingencies, but the bitter failure of plans and aspirations, which brings almost inevitable despair in its train. Failure of all things, did I say? nay failure be it admitted of all the physical accessories of conceived and accomplished action but not failure in the higher and more essential attributes not of the mental and moral qualities that are the foundation of fortitude fidelity and honour failure in this latter respect has been so rare in arctic service as to justly make such offender a byword and scorn to his fellow labourers and successors patience courage fortitude foresight self-reliance helpfulness these grand characteristics of developed humanity everywhere 
but which we are inclined to claim as special endowments of the caucasian race find ample expression in the detailed history of arctic exploration if one seeks to learn to what extent man's determination and effort dominate even the most adverse environment the simple narratives of arctic exploration will not fail to furnish striking examples there is a widespread impression that all arctic voyages have been made for practically the same general purpose whereas polar research has passed through three distinctive phases first for strictly commercial purposes in connection with trade to the indies second for advancement of geographical knowledge and third for scientific investigations connected with physical sciences commercial interests dictated the grand series of voyages were in england competing with spain from the period of the ventures of the cabots to the discoveries of baffin sought for a short route to the indies across the pole or by a northwest passage as the futility of efforts by these routes became more or less apparent and as the naval strength of spain and portugal ensured their continued monopoly of the growing and valuable trade of the orient the attention of england was turned in sheer desperation to the northeast passage as possibly offering a competing route while this quest proved impracticable for the sailing ships of the sixteenth century yet its prosecution inured to the great financial advantage of england through the establishment thereby of intimate and exclusive commercial relations with the growing and hitherto inaccessible empire of russia the renewal of the true spirit of geographical exploration in the early part of the present century gave rise to a series of unparalleled voyages in search of the northwest passage which resulted in the most splendid geographical achievements of the century these voyages were not splendid alone from the definite results attained nor from the almost superhuman efforts that ensured success but also from the lofty spirit of endeavour and adventure that inspired the actors the men who strove therein were lured by no hope of gain influenced by no spirit of conquest but were moved solely by the belief that man should know even the most desolate region of his abiding place the earth and the determination that the anglo-saxon should do his part franklin said arctic discovery has been fostered from motives as disinterested as they are enlightened not from any prospect of immediate benefit but from a steady view to the acquirement of useful knowledge and the extension of the bounds of science and its contributions to natural history and science have excited a general interest the loss of life in the prosecution of these discoveries does not exceed the average deaths in the same population at home perry adds such enterprises so disinterested as well as useful in their object do honour even when they fail they cannot but excite the admiration of every liberal mind of chancellor's voyage to the northeast milton said the discovery of russia by the northern ocean might have seemed an enterprise almost heroic if any higher end than excessive love of gain and traffic had animated the design modern critics accept from dispraise the gallant men who in this century have given their lives from no sordid motive and so merit milton's full praise 
if not all certainly some of these arctics have been animated with the noble thought of the poet and this grey spirit yearning in desire to follow knowledge like a shining star beyond the utmost bound of human thought suffice it is to say for geographic research that it has remained for the nineteenth century with its wealth of industrial inventions and store of indomitable energy to make the northwest and northeast passages to outline the northern coast of america and to discover the archipelagos and islands situated poleward from the three continents of the northern hemisphere hudson's voyage to the greenland sea in sixteen o seven was of vast industrial and commercial importance for his discovery and reports of the incredible number of walruses and whales that frequented these areas gave rise to the spitzbergen whale fishery the voyage of pool for walruses and exploration in 1610 was followed by the establishment of the whale fishery by edge in the following year enterprising holland sent its ships in 1613 later bringing in its train whalers from bremen france and other maritime centres the whale fishery as the most important of arctic industries from which holland alone drew from the spitzbergen seas in one hundred and ten years sixteen seventy nine to seventeen seventy eight products valued at about ninety million dollars merits at least our brief attention grad writes the dutch sailors saw in spitzbergen waters great whales in immense numbers whose catch would be a source of apparently inexhaustible riches for two centuries fleets of whalers frequented its seas the rush to the gold-bearing places of california and the mines of australia afforded in our day the only examples at all comparable to the host of man attracted by the northern fishery scoresby says in a short time whaling proved the most lucrative and the most important branch of national commerce which had ever been offered to man this emphatic statement is devoid of exaggeration in the slightest degree scoresby gives year by year the products of the dutch whale fishery in the arctic seas from sixteen sixty eight to seventeen seventy eight which aggregate in value over one hundred million dollars when it is known that scoresby himself caught in thirty voyages fish to the value of one million dollars it will not be considered extravagant to place the products of the british whale fishery at two hundred fifty million dollars starbuck gives the product of the american whale fishery from eighteen o four to eighteen seventy seven as three hundred thirty two million dollars making the aggregate of three nations america england and holland more than six hundred eighty million dollars how far this amount should be increased on account of seal walrus and other strictly arctic sea game need not be considered but norwegian and russian fishers have successfully exploited these sources for the past century the visit of lykov to the new siberian islands added eventually a wealth of fossil ivory to siberian trade that was only second in value to the extraordinary stock of furs that grew out of the explorations of the arctic valley of the kolima by russian hunters from hudson's voyage to the bay of his name are attributable the initiation and development of the extremely valuable fur trade of the hudson bay company Bering failed to outline the definite geographic relations of the contiguous shores of Asia and America, 
but his voyages directly resulted in the very extensive sea and land fur trade which has proved so profitable through a century and a half altogether it may be assumed that in a little over two centuries the arctic regions have furnished to the civilized world products aggregating twelve hundred millions of dollars in value nor should it be inferred that commercial ends scientific knowledge or the glory of effort crystallized in accomplishment have alone turned man to the polar regions the altruistic spirit of egide lavished its wealth of effort in the turning of the greenland eskimo to christianity and civilization and it enkindled the flame of christian endeavor that Kranz and the moravian brethren kept alive during the critical phases of greenland's history as cowper says see germany sent forth her sons to pour it on the farthest north fired with a zeal peculiar they defy the rage and rigor of the polar sky and plant successfully sweet sharon's rose on icy plains and in eternal snows in recent days great britain has had its duncan france its petitot and the united states its jackson whose evangelizing labors acting through the more successful method that of inculcating civilization and helpfulness are a part of the glory of this time the residents of holm among the east greenland natives and of peary with the eta eskimo have it is to be hoped not been fruitless along these lines and should stimulate human sympathy for these dwellers on the northern edge of the world every lover of mankind will rejoice that denmark with the christian solicitude that has always marked its policy towards the greenlanders has extended its unprofitable trade relations to east greenland and established a missionary station at angmaksalik for the benefit of the natives may we not hope that some religious association may likewise plant the seeds of civilization and christianity among the cape york eskimo there is neither intent nor time to worthily eulogize the deeds of living arctic men nor even to stimulate the eager rising youth who shall outdo all that has gone before rather would this brief word add a leaf of laurel to the crowned dead whose arctic fame forms part of each nation's historic heritage hallowed for the past priceless for the present indispensable for successful futurity shall i name the soldiers or sailors the explorers or scientists the trader or the whaler rather all since science knows neither station nor profession neither dialect nor nationality in the roll-call of the dead austria-hungary answers with weibrecht whose greatest fame will ever be associated with the establishment of the international polar stations denmark follows equally at home in american asiatic and european waters through monk and hamke jan mayen and weiters bering then france with de la croyere page blosseville fabre Guémard, marmier martin and bellot the last the name ever grateful to english ears germany has generously loaned her talent to ensure success wherever sound and important scientific work is to be done beer bessel petermann and stella are worthy successors to frederick martens of the seventeenth century men and work of which any nation may be proud holland in barents nye tetrales rip and heimskerk 
presents a roll of honour well in keeping with the notable work of the thousands of Dutch whalers that exploited the Spitzbergen seas. The Italian contingent, from the Zeni of the 14th century, through the Cabots to Bove of our own day, maintain here, as elsewhere, their geographic standing. Norwegian Othere set in the 9th century the pioneer standard of Arctic exploration, which later, combined with the labour of exploiting the northern seas, has Matilas, Carlsen, Tobisen, and a score of others as worthy successors. Russia finds the Arctic problem a domestic question, and from the time of Peter the Great to today has done an amount of work not generally appreciated or known. The Laptievs and Dezhnev, Chirikov and Lyakov, Anjou and Rangnell, Kotzebue and Lütke, Paktusov, Kotzenstern and Tsivolka stand forth in the annals of the world. In Hedenström and Tuarell, Sweden finds examples that have borne such abundant fruit in the late active labours of her enthusiastic sons. Once it was said that the almighty dollar was the object and end of American endeavour, but when American treasure, not by the millions but by the billions, was poured out and lives by the hundreds of thousands were joyfully given for an idea, the men of the new world rose to a higher place in European estimation. A fellow townsman of mine was a petty officer under Sir John Franklin, and among the hundreds engaged in the Franklin search, none had a more altruistic and generous spirit than the American Elisha Kent Kane. Hayes left no danger undared to reach his open polar sea. Rogers dared all, in Arctic ice as in the war for the Union. The long and ambler knew how to die, but not how to desert a helpless comrade. Hall followed the Arctic sledge to his very death. Lockwood, whose personal toil and suffering accomplished the farthest north and set the goal beyond which some more fortunate rival will soon pass, met with fortitude and sweetness the harsh fate which debarred the world from placing its laurel wreath safe on his grave. I can scarcely say aught of British effort in a field that has been peculiarly England's for the past three centuries. And how, among her innumerable Arctic dead, shall I single out representatives, worthy examples of British courage and effort? Like Macbeth's kings, the line stretches out to crack of doom. Great were the daring navigators of the 16th and 17th centuries, Chancellor and Davis and Frobisher, Hudson and Weymouth, by Lowe and Baffin, but were they greater than in their way were Cook, Hearn, and Mackenzie in the eighteenth? And when we come to their worthy compeers of this century, there is barely room for the names of these daring spirits. Here is Britain's unequalled role. Austin, Back, Beechey, Buchan, Clavering, Collinson, Crozier, Forsyth, Goodsir, Inglefield, Kellett, Kennedy, Lefroy, Lyon, McClure, Maguire, Meckham, Moore, the immortal Nelson, Osborne, Penny, Pym, Ray, Richardson, James C. Ross, John Ross, Sabine, Saunders, Scoresby, father and son, Simpson, and Stuart. Close communion in spirit and thought with their recorded labours for many years has made for me many friends among the great Arctic dead, and so particularly segregates in my mind from this alphabetical list the twin Arctic compeers Franklin and Perry as 
facile princeps in this great company but the history of these men is inextricably interwoven with the wonderful development of the british empire and their deeds forever abide to the glory of the english-speaking race and of the arctic dead of europe asia and america from the earliest otere of norway and the zeni of italy to the latest fallen in sweden nordenskjold the younger promising son of his distinguished father there may well be quoted the words of an american soldier on fame's eternal camping-ground their silent tents are spread and glory guards with solemn round the bivouac of the dead storm stayed and ice beset no longer there dust awaits the change and fate ordained by god's eternal laws the end they sought the work they wrought the courage and devotion they showed should stand as ideals and patterns for the man of the future in the accomplishment of the great arctic work which it shall be their good fortune to undertake but now we look again to england to retake its former place in arctic research shall we look in vain i believe not let her remember that the beginning of the end will have come for the ever-extending and ever-developing british power when this insular people would ever consent for any sum in pounds and pence that the arctic relics of greenwich should be scattered or that there should ever be removed from westminster abbey rich with its clustering memories and gathered treasures of a thousand years the tribute of genius to heroism of england's poet laureate to its arctic dead well has it been for britain that hundreds of its youth have imbibed together learning and patriotism love of the beautiful and admiration of glory while translating into classic verse these immortal words not here the white north has thy bones and thou heroic sailor soul art passing on thine happier voyage now towards no earthy pole end of section six